Abby McKinnon, all right. Hey, listen. You know, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, coming up here and speaking to all of you is no easy task. It seems sometimes like it from the seats, but when you come up here, it can be a little intimidating. And so I'm always grateful when somebody raises their head and says, I'll give it a shot. And uh, Abby, you're amazing. Thank you for doing that. Hey, boy, uh, Tyler, would you bring the lights up a little bit for us as we go into the sermon here? Uh, I want to just let you know, we, we are headed into this, this sermon series. Uh, we're in it right now because we are Genesis 2.0, and we've been looking at the values uh, and the priorities of our church. And uh, as I prepared for this message, I went back and I looked at the message that I gave five years ago on this very topic. And I read through it, and I was kind of like, this is pretty good. Like... Um, <laughs> Uh, and so um, it's not exactly the same, but man, it was, it was like inspiring to me just to read it again. And so I'm happy to, to share what God has really given to me in this area. You know, in the year 2000, like that was like 800 years ago, for those who are young, in the year 2000, I was in college at the time. And my college, believe it or not, was the very first college in the United States to have Wi-Fi campus-wide. I went to a tiny little school in the northwestern corner of Iowa. Don't know why they chose us. Uh, most of you probably don't even know where the northwestern corner of Iowa is. Uh, and yet they chose us to be the very first campus to have Wi-Fi, wireless internet. I was able to have my own laptop in the year 2000 with Wi-Fi capabilities across the entire campus. And so for the first time in my life, I could sit outside and send emails. I could search the internet without any cords attached to my computer. I could very easily pirate music from Napster in the middle of our outdoor courtyard. Now, I'm not saying that was the right decision. I'm just saying that you could do it, and it was easy, okay? It was revolutionary. It really was. And, uh, and people didn't even really know it existed even while me and my, my fellow students at the campus were using it. Now, at the same time that this was all happening, there was this other technology that was starting to come onto the scene um, in the area of, of computers and the internet, and it was called MSN Messenger or AOL, AOL Instant Messenger. Do you all remember this? Some of you remember that, right? It was amazing because it was this prehistoric version of texting, right? You could, you could talk to somebody just by typing on your computer anywhere in the world in real time. It had nothing like that had ever existed below, before, and no longer did you have to wait for a response to an email or get a call back, nor did you even have to be next to a phone. You could just simply get on there, you could see who was on, and you could just start talking. Uh, my wife and I, when we first met, we would use this early in our, in our dating relationship, and we would stay up late talking on MSN Messenger. In fact, to this day, I believe you still have our conversations from when we dated, I, I don't even know if I want to look at that, but I mean, it, you know, it was a big deal. And uh, you didn't have to be by the phone, you didn't have to do anything. Which, speaking of the phone, the cell phone at the time, it just started getting into the hands of regular folks. You know, by the late 90s, it started to take off as a thing. And then by the early 2000s, uh, people really started to have cell phones as a regular part of their daily life. And then came 2007. And do you know what happened in 2007? The iPhone came out. And with the release of the iPhone, there was this whole new technology that enabled us to talk to one another in a way that we hadn't really used before that. Now, there was a little bit, but boy, with the iPhone, this took off, and it was text messaging. 
In fact, in 2007, it was the first time that people texted more than they made phone calls. Today, some of you never make a phone call, and you are so glad for texting, aren't you, right? Some of us, and we've just gotten so used to this technology. It marked the very first year that Americans especially decided it's going to be easier to connect with people via text than even a phone call. But then, one year later, came a revolution that we now use as a primary method for connecting in our world. Facebook. Facebook. In first sphere of Facebook, more than 100 million people, mostly college students at the time, uh, began connecting through what would eventually be referred to as social media. By 2010, the number of users had risen, risen to more than 600 million. And by 2012, more than a billion people were using Facebook and other social media platforms. Today, there are an estimated 5 billion people who use social media. There are only around 8 billion people in the world. And here's how they actually break down by platform. Facebook currently has about 3 billion users. TikTok has a billion users. Instagram has 2 billion users. X, formerly known as Twitter, 565 million users. You know, all this technology, all the way back to my 2000, you know, junior year in college and free Wi-Fi and all this stuff, all of it was intended to do one thing, connect us to other people. The internet, instant messaging, text messaging, social media, Zoom, it was all created to help you and I connect with each other. Now, Technology has done all sorts of other things to connect us, right? And it happens at light speed, how quickly this happens. Sometimes you don't even realize it's happening, and it's just revolutionizing the world. For instance, you know, you, know, you can download an app right now. You could purchase a plane ticket and fly to Japan within a 24-hour span. You know, 100 years ago, none of that was even possible, Right? And I can send a message to my friend in New York and get a respond within seconds. That used to take weeks. So revolutionary is all of this, that the effort to connect people is a trillion-dollar industry. Companies spend and make billions of dollars to keep you and I constantly connected. It's an amazing time to be alive. And yet, studies show that we are the loneliest people to ever roam the face of the earth. In fact, it's so bad that about five years ago, they started referring to this as the loneliness epidemic. More people report feeling lonelier than ever before in recorded history. And so bad is this epidemic that people aren't only experiencing the emotional toll of loneliness, but they're also experiencing the physical toll of it. People who experience long bouts of loneliness experience high blood pressure and cardiovascular disease, reduced immunity, inflammation, and poor sleeping habits. Which means that for all of our attempts to be connected to each other throughout this world, for all the text messaging, social media platforms, Zoom calls, and iPhone iterations, People are literally dying from loneliness. In May of this year, I just read this. In May of this year, the U.S. surgeon released this statement regarding this very epidemic. 
Here's what he wrote. He wrote, given the significant health consequences of loneliness and isolation, we must prioritize building social connection the same way we have prioritized other critical public health issues such as tobacco, obesity, and substance abuse disorders. Together, we can build a country that's healthier, more resilient, less lonely, and more connected. The U.S. surgeon has decided the way that we have de we've decided with things like tobacco and obesity and drug habits, we're going to treat loneliness in the same way. The health effects are just as bad for us. And it's so disheartening to hear because it is the opposite of what God intended for us. We were created for relationship. When God created Adam, he immediately determined this is not good for this guy to be alone. And so he created Eve and a relationship was built. And in that moment, God said something to his creation. You are better together. You are created for relationship. You could even argue that apart from our need from, for God, there may be no greater need in our life than to be connected to other people, which is likely why we have a hard time functioning and surviving without it. When you look at the loneliness epidemic in our world, the reason that people are, are feeling so lonely and experiencing the effects of that is that they were created for connection. And when you remove that, it's a bit like removing a resource and an absolute need that we have in our lives, like food or water. Things happen. So the question becomes for us today, and it's become a question that we've asked as a church, how do we connect in a way that God intended when he created us. You know, social media and texting, those are all fine and good. But clearly, they are not the solution to us being intimately connected with one another. If they were, we would not be talking about this today, right? We wouldn't be talking about loneliness epidemics, but we are. So how do we connect in a way that God intended when he created us? Well, we're going to dive into this question. In this series, we are packing, unpacking the mission of this church You've been here the last couple of weeks. You've heard we started with our mission statement to be a thriving community of changed lives, changing lives. Last week, we looked at what it means for us to lean into a mission priority we call following Jesus. And five years ago, I did this very same series. And after we had established what we believe to be a clear and compelling way forward as a church, and I'll tell you what, as I review this stuff, and five years later, we still believe every single word of it. So grab your phone, open up your UVision app, and as we look at the second of our four mission priorities today, which is connect with others. Now, since its inception, the church has been a place for people to connect with purpose. It's one of its main priorities. In Acts 2, we see the first church doing exactly that. Acts chapter 2, verses 43 through 46, it says, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Even Jesus exampled the need for us to connect with purpose when he called his first 12 disciples. Right? These young men, they spent three years in constant connection with Jesus and with each other. They weren't just his students, they were his friends. 
In addition, we see Jesus spend time with other people over and over and over again. People like Mary and Martha, Zacchaeus and his friends, the woman at the well. In his humanness, Jesus needed the purposeful connection with others. And he also knew that others needed the same connection with him. As the Bible began to be put together, it became very clear that being connected to others is not an optional thing for us. It is not a take it or leave it kind of thing. It's a necessity. The Bible makes it clear that if we want to follow Jesus and actually live out this mission that God has given us as a church to be a thriving community of changed lives, changing lives, then we're going to need to connect with each other in a very purposeful way. So so I want to take a look at a number of reasons why. Why it is, the Bible makes it clear, you need this in your life. Here's why God created you for relationship. But here are the things that you need in your life to not just survive this world, but be sustained in it. So here are four reasons why we need to be connected as God intended, starting with friendship. You need friends. You need friends. I need friends. We need people in our lives we can trust. We need people who we can confide in. We need people that we can laugh with and cry with and spend time with. We need people in our lives like is described in Proverbs 17, 17, where the writer says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. You need a person like that or people like that in your life. You need a friend in your life who will love you at all times, even then. You need a friend in your life who will stand beside you when adversity hits. They won't bail. They won't shy away from it, but they'll stand at your side and say, I got you. I will walk with you through this. I will sustain you. In the last 20 years, uh, Kristen and I have moved a number of times. And each time we've done so, it didn't take us very long to realize, man, we need a tribe. We, we need a group of people that we can trust, that we can confide in, that we can laugh with. I mean, we're good friends. We are, right? My wife and I are very good friends, but we needed that outside support that would come when we gathered together with those we called our friends. We all need this. God created us for friendship, Right? God even says that through Jesus, we're no longer enemies, but what? Friends. You know, if God wants to be friends with us, then certainly we need to have friends in our life as well. A second reason for connecting with others is this. We need motivation. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Have you ever noticed that when you like stop connecting with others, you get really lazy. Yeah, is that just me? Just me? Okay, all right, it's just me. I mean, you stop connecting with others, right? You stop pursuing those relationships, and you will likely stop moving forward in life. It's like the brakes get hit on your life. Isolation will cause people to stop becoming who they were created to be. Connecting with others, it has this innate power to motivate us to do even greater things, greater things than we even thought maybe we could do. I mean, think about it. When you're out to accomplish something, do you have more success when other people know about it or are doing it with you than when you are trying to do it in private? You know the answer to that. 
I am far more motivated to work out when my son and I are constantly motivating each other, which usually looks like I'm stronger than you. No, you're strong. I'm str- you know, there's this competition. We like this, right? I squatted 325 today. I'm like, all right, let's do it. You know, there's a motivation in between this, right? And so we need that motivation in our lives or else we have the opportunity or we have the, the possibility of getting stuck. You know, I'm far more consistent in reading my Bible and spending time in prayer when I know that others are doing it along with me. You know, research has shown that your chances of reaching a goal increase by 65% when you just simply tell somebody you're going to do it. And listen to this. It increases to 95% when you ask the person to hold you accountable or to do it with you. 95%. You want to lose weight? Don't do it alone. You want to get your finances on track? Don't do it in private. You want to follow Jesus more closely? You got to get connected to other people. They will be your source of motivation. We need motivation in our lives to do the things that God has called us to do. And that motivation is primarily found from other people. It's the way God set it up. It's the way he intended it to be. A third reason for connecting with others is we need encouragement. Hebrews 10.25, right after he says you need to motivate each other, he says, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Don't neglect this. Don't neglect meeting together. We need this. We need to be encouraged. Don't neglect going to a group on a Wednesday night or a Friday night or a Thursday night. We need encouragement from each other. You know, the world is really, really good at beating people down, and letting us know all of the things that we're not, telling us to be something we can't, and giving us expectations that are nearly impossible to reach. The world is really, really good at making that happen, which means we need encouragement more than ever. What we need then are people who will encourage us, continue pursuing your relationship with God. Live out who God has created you to be. Give us, you know, to give you the hope that you need when you are going through a rough patch. We need encouragers in our life. And listen to me, if the people you're connected with don't have an encouraging bone in their body, run. (laughs) It is time to find new friends. And if all that comes out of your mouth is criticism and complaints and negativity, You are driving away the opportunity to encourage and connect to other people. Listen, we're we're not just receiving here, right? When it comes to connecting others. We are also giving. And if all that ever comes out of our mouths are criticism and complaints and negativity, and we never encourage the people around us, what good are we doing for them? We were never intended to be connected to each other that way. A final reason for connecting with others is support. Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. I bet I could bring person after person up here who could tell you the story of the way in which the people around them within this church supported them when times got really hard. And they would say things like, I don't know what I would have done without them. 
I, I, the, I could sense, it's sort of this ethereal thing, I could sense these people praying for me. It, it changed my perspective. It, it changed what happened next. It, it changed things. I can't explain it, but without the support of those people in my life, I don't know that I could have made it. I could probably bring marriage after marriage up here who would tell you that if it weren't for the people around us, praying for us and supporting us and listening to us and helping us, I don't know if we would have made it. We need support. We need to carry each other's burdens when things come rough. And if you don't have people around you who love you and who trust, who you can trust and who are motivating you and encouraging you, you'll find that you don't have support when you need it most. And you'll find that they don't have support when they need it most. Because there's going to come a time in all of our lives when we need help. We're going to need someone to come alongside us and give us the support we need to get through whatever is going on. We might need prayer. We might need a, a meal. We might need our car fixed or our kids watched or a hospital visit. We might need some money. And when that day comes, will there be people that we are connected to around us? Will there be people around us to support us. You know, there have been times in my life when the people I was connected to showed up at just the right time. And I cannot imagine doing life without that. When we needed prayer, they were there. When we needed our kids to be watched, they were there. When Kristen was having to travel back and forth in 2018 to care for her dying father, our support system was there. We need each other. We need the support of each other. It's the way God intended it to be. Whether you like it or not, and some of you don't want to hear this, you need people in your life. Some of you have decided, I don't need people in my life. I could do this on my own. And you know what? In some ways, you're probably justified in some of your thinking. Because it's likely that there have been people in your life who have not befriended you, who have not motivated, encouraged, or supported you, but done the exact opposite. And I'm sorry that that's happened. But I'm telling you right now, those bad things happen. I, look, I get it. But it doesn't change that deep, desperate need we all have to be connected with other people. You need people. You need the right people. Okay? In your life, you need to be connected to people in a way that gives your friendship and motivation and encouragement and support, that, that allows people to love you, it allows people to motivate and encourage and support you in ways that you never knew were possible. And let's not forget this. Others need you. They need you. Being connected to others is not just about you. Right? It's about them as well. There are people who need your friendship. You could be a trusted friend to someone who has never had one before. Your motivation, your encouragement, your support, there are people in the world that need it from you. We don't just get to connected to people for our own selfish reasons. We do it because others need us as well. I got to thinking, imagine what might happen if an entire church decided, we're going to take this really seriously. Like, we're, we're going to 
we're actually going to do this. Imagine what would occur if when people who aren't part of Genesis came into a church that was intentionally connecting people to each other. Remember, most people that are coming into Genesis for the very first time are coming from a world that is completely disconnected no matter all of its efforts to connect us. Imagine if when people came for the very first time to this community, they looked around and they went, holy cow, these people actually like each other. (laughs) They don't always agree. And some people like the Packers, but you know what? (laughs) They, (laughs) sorry, Tati, that was a shot. (laughs) But they really like each other. You know what? Actually, they actually love each other. Man, I, Listen to the way they talk to one another. They motivate. They're, they're, look at how supportive they are of each other. Who do you know in your life who, if they saw a community behaving like that, wouldn't go, I, I, I'd like to try that. I, I, think I, I think I'd try that. I'd be a part of a community like that. Because this is the community God intended to build from the very beginning when he created Adam and he said, it's not good for you to be alone. You need connection. Because in this world... We need the support of our friends. We need to be motivated. We need, we need encouragement when we need it. We need people praying for us and caring for us. Imagine what might happen in a person's life who may not know Jesus, who may not know the first thing about the church. Imagine what might happen in a person's life if a group of people began to motivate and encourage and support them. Imagine the change that might happen in our world if a church was serious about connecting people outside the church with those inside it. Because here's a critical truth that the Bible and the first church and we as Genesis Church have realized, that a connecting church is a thriving church. We say we want to be a thriving community. We don't want to just survive. We want to thrive. And if we're going to be a thriving church... We'll have to be a connected church, intentionally connecting with others. A connecting church is one that tackles the loneliness epidemic and makes a place for those who feel disconnected to one another. We want to be a place where people begin to follow Jesus and get connected to other people. We want to be a place where people are constantly making friends and being motivated and being encouraged and supported and experiencing the benefits of this unique local church. You know, we just launched groups this last week and a half. And listen, I realize there's a number of different ways that we can get connected within the church, but But in the 20 years that I've been in the church, actually longer, I've been in the church for 45 years, there is nothing more powerful in connecting other people than in a group of eight to 12 people. Now, look, I I have already started hearing stories of people who have gotten connected to one of our groups, and it is amazing to hear the stories. I've been hearing about the women's group on Friday night, ladies, yeah? And the thing that I keep hearing is, I met so many new people I'd never met before, I made new friends in one night. This is what we want for our community. And we believe that in a group is a great place to begin doing that. It is a primary place where we get to know people and each other beyond Sunday morning. 
And it's the primary place where people learn to follow Jesus more closely and experience true, supportive, motivating, encouraging community. A group is an intentional connecting place. It's us saying, listen, I was created for this kind of connection and I'm not gonna deny it or ignore it. And so I'm gonna get in a group as uncomfortable as that might be for some people, as challenging as that might be to go to that first time, and I'm going to sit with people who I believe will be my friends, who will support me, who will encourage me. And that's why we ask everyone who calls Genesis home to find a group, to get in a group. We want everyone who comes here to make this a high priority, to see it as a primary place outside of Sunday morning for them to connect there are a variety, listen, there are all sorts of groups we offer. There's, I think there's one every day of the week now or close to it. And you can go online, you can text us, you can write a, hey, I want to learn more about it if you haven't done it yet. And if you just did it and you skipped the first meeting, there's lots of grace, go to the next one, right? And some of them meet in homes and some of them meet at church and they're offered at different days and times, all as an effort to help you get connected to this deep, loving community of people who believe in Jesus. We want you connected. We need you connected. Other people need you to get connected. It's what's best for you. It's what's best for the church. It's a mission priority of ours to connect with others. Say it with me. Connect with others. We need it. And by the way, you know, we don't just do groups because we're like, hey, this sounds like a good idea. We do it because this is what Jesus did, right? Jesus was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, if I'm going to carry out this mission that God sent me on, I'm going to need a small group of people to gather with every day. And so he gathered together 12 guys and he said, listen, we're going to do this together and we're going to spend time together. We're going to eat together. We're going we're to travel the world together. You know, we're going to become friends. We're going to fight together. We're going to figure it out together. You guys are going to fight over who's best. And I'm going to tell you, you're all idiots. This is what's going to happen. We're going to do it together. And so we believe, look, if Jesus did this, oh man, then we got to do this. We may need this more than ever. We want to be a thriving community. And thriving communities, church communities, are those who connect. And so we want everybody in a group. We want everybody getting connected because when you do it, like the disciples, it has the power to change the world around us. Let's pray. God, I can't help but think of not just the fact that you created us to be in connection with each other, but that you created us to be in connection with you. And that when you look down at our lonely, broken, disconnected world, you decided, I'll, I'll come. I'll make my way to you. I want to be connected to you, and I want you to be connected to each other. This is, this is how I always intended it to be. And so I thank you for Jesus who came and who lived among us and who gathered together with other friends and he motivated each other and they encouraged each other and they supported each other. They trusted each other and they confided in each other and 
2,000 years later, we're still talking about it. And through that small group, it sparked a world-changing revolution. And so today we believe that through the scriptures and the example of the first church and the example of Jesus that we are being called to do the same. And Lord, the world that we live in is, is something like we've never seen before. We can be connected in so many different ways. And yet, God, I just pray that you would help us to see the importance of coming together in smaller groups within the church to befriend one another, to support each other, to care for one another. There's nothing like it. There's no substitute for it. And so call us deeper into community. We desire as a church to be a thriving community and to do that, we know we've got to stay connected. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I just want to just one real quick thing. If you have not connected with the group, if you're like, all right, I'm in, I've been hesitating, I get it, you have an opportunity still. And so go to the Welcome Center, ask some questions, let us know on a connect card, text us, whatever it takes, we will get you connected to one of our groups, okay? Hey, would you stand? We're going to sing one final song before we head out.